you know, they were all doing the, the you know, that worm dance. So like instigated like a, a worm race. First to the end of the field doing the worm. Yeah, get some free CD. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Welcome to Song Stories, the podcast where we unpick the tales and tricks behind great songs and the creative that made I'm your host Gavin Simpson. Our guest on this week's show is the super chatty and super funky Tom McGuire from Tom and the Brassels. Three things from this week's episode which we learned include possibly our best ever song story involving impromptu rap, alcohol and a jail sentence, we learn exactly how Tom and the band came up with the idea for writing a song about a wrestling icon and we learn the moment that Tom decided to side shift from radiotherapy to go all in on music. Hope you really like it. Without further ado, this is Tom McGuire. Joining us we have... Um, Tom Alessandro Maguire, a.k.a. the funkiest man in Scotland, a.k.a. the genius behind the hit songs, the bard of the MC Sick Boy, Ric Flair and Caveman, a.k.a. the loudest dressed man in pop, a.k.a. Tom Maguire from Tom and the, from Tom, a.k.a. Tom from Tom Maguire and the Brass Holes. Nice one, well, good. Thank thanks you very for much. Us, Tom. Yeah, thanks very much for having us, Gavin. Um, and what a wonderful introduction there. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm uh, inappropriately quietly dressed, unfortunately, tonight. <laughs> So, if we can dive straight into your new song, Super Super Solid Soul Vehicle, which I've been privileged to hear already, we'll put links in the show notes so people can pre-order or download it, depending on when they're listening to it. Um, great track, love to hear more about it. Yeah, it's Super Solid Soul Vehicle, it's a, it's, it's a pretty rad, straight down the middle, authentic 70s funk soul cut, uh, and erring on the side of simplicity uh, and, and just soulfulness, which is kind of the... the the, the mo of the tune um it's uh, it's written it's it's indebted to and in a, in a lot of senses it's an ode to uh to bill withers um and his sort of ethos uh it was written uh, just about just over a year ago when Bill Withers died just about, about a year ago, um, probably almost exactly a year ago, it was the end, well, end the of ultimate March. soul singers, arguably. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, you know, he he passed, um, which is very sad, obviously. But um, it made me think a little bit about him, and uh, there was a lot of stuff um, coming up about him. And his sort of ethos, which is, he, he played guitar, but he... Um, he wasn't good at guitar and he was like, said I, I'm not good at guitar all, I, all I've got is I've got enough ability to be able to accompany myself so I can sing a song you know what I mean sing a song so his limited ability he wrote all these absolute crushing songs and uh, they were full of soul full of all that. yeah yeah absolutely so he's uh, certainly the first two albums you, you can hear it's, it's very very basic musician shit from the songwriting sense but it's enough it's all he, all he needs uh, in order to uh, elevate himself and deliver parts of his soul to people, right? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for want of a better way of saying it, um, I don't want to overuse the word soul. Uh, it's, it's kind of a possibly, <laughs> not a dirty word, but it's one of these words that could be in danger of becoming uh, schmaltzy and kitschy, like like vibe and soul. But that's the truth. There's no better way to describe it. It's, it's, um, it, it is, that's the, the, the job of a soul singer to 
to give a part of himself through the song and all the music, all the rest of it is just a it's just a medium, it's just a vehicle for that. And uh, I guess broadly speaking in a sort of wider really relatability element is like that this sort of thing I'm thinking about which which is music, I sort of spoiled music a little bit by going into the tiny little details and, and, and fixating on them and uh, sort of accidentally poisoning the thing that's really valuable and cathartic and, and therapeutic. And that can that, that can be applied to any other number of things in people's lives. You know, it's not just music. That just happens to be the, 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 the thing in this situation. But it can be applied to any any number of other things that so, would give you joy. That um, you, you Just to jump in there. You get, you get lost and you forget the right idea and you have to sort of make a focused effort to bring it back, uh, bring it back to basics and realise, oh, well, shit, this is what life's about. This is what living's about. It's about experiencing good things in that moment. And um, uh, the, the 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 activities you do or the things that give you joy, they're just once again a, like a conduit for you to experience uh, momentary and instantaneous uh, life experiences of a human being now in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Trying to keep up with all you, all you said there. One thing that intrigues me then is like, see as. The thing you said about Bill Withers is that he almost uses the guitar as a medium for songwriting rather than for guitar playing. Um, yeah, yeah. Just music. How does the songwriting work for, for, for you guys in the band? Because I guess I pick up the guitar and maybe sometimes before guests, I try and play their songs to get a feel for them. But there's like a lot happening in your songs to be able to like, well, for me as a, you know, as a basic musician to be able to play them, I guess. How, how does Tom go from, you know, idea about Bill Weathers to fully formed funky song with loads of shit happening keep us yeah 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 uh, well I mean uh, don't get me wrong all the the, the the Raj arrangements and all the, the tags and all the sort of quite intensive um, bits of instrumentation and, and musicianship that is still important and I still uh, uh, will use that and I still will apply that but just for this this one, it was a sort of conscious dragging back to this this uh, sim- simplicity yeah. mode and the songs first, the singing, the the the, the instance of me projecting my soul is the the, the most important and uh, imperative thing. But in terms of uh, you asking, how does that get formed into this this big rad? Yeah, song? like oh, what, do you start with a notepad? Do you start with guitar and kind of like? Yeah, I mean, I start with uh, start with. Uh, the, Depends what song, really. Quite a lot of times, I start with a riff or some sort of musical idea, and uh, and then the song will come much later. And quite often, the song won't even come. It'll just be like, okay, that's just a cool instrumental thing that will never get used. And I've got like a million of these like haunt, haunted ghouls floating around, waiting to be finished and stuff, stuff like that. But this was one that I thought, right, this has got to be a song. So I had the concept for the song, and I, the concept was, don't go super intense and complicated with the with with the, the arrangement so I, I purposely made it a super simple song uh, a song that Bill Withers would write and every time like even even though I had that intention I still went off in some avenues and there's like quite a lot of different versions of that song in, uh, in development where there's quite a lot more complex arrangement but I had to catch myself saying no that's not what I'm doing here making this simple as fuck so it's awesome and just allow me to sing right so uh, I had to, to tone it down. The arrangement was super um, basic. Uh, same way as Bill Withers, I suppose, would write a song. It's just, he's written the chords. He's written the, the basic thing to accompany himself. Then brings it to the band. And then it's the band's job then to uh, make it uh, a rad. Like, I've, I've tried to um, 
quite quite often I do come with specific arrangement ideas, but in this case I just came with the song and then let the band groove it and the band uh, we we you know workshop so and it's the, like I'm going quite specific. Do you say them like a demo of it with you playing along to like a click track or you just go in the in front of them and say this is how it goes guys, can you jam and then You know what? Out, it's um arrangements on this. The whole demo sort of writing process is something that I've I've been doing and but that's another whole torturous thing because it's like it's, it's maybe just better to just do an, an iPhone message uh, uh, just me playing guitar and but I do I, for some reason I torture myself by doing multi-track sort of uh, semi-realised uh, full demos uh, on Logic you know um, because I, I don't it, there's a sort of vulnerability in showing a song to somebody for the first time you, you, you don't want to yeah. for it to seem like it's shit you want it to, to be like awesome straight away and it's hard to do that I mean it's just a demo uh, situation but I've been sort of trying to fight that that um that sentiment a little bit and and uh, just bring the very bare bones to the to the, the rhythm section not try because as soon as I, I, I try and write drum parts on logic with a you know tapping it in with my fingers and it's obviously you know uh, we've got a drummer it's Micah and he's an absolute monster but also you can go down a wormhole for like 10 hours of playing with like drum loops and yeah doing stuff yeah and it's like, like what that's 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 then I catch myself I'm like oh I've done it again and then drag it back so I'm trying I'm trying to work out the, the methodology there um, because I, 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 to get too precious about the demo um, before I even said to the guys is, is a, a block so I'm just trying to eliminate blocks really so um, but I guess over the summer when I was writing it we weren't really able to get in a room together so I, it, was, it was necessary for me to see if this is actually a functional song to try and demo so yeah I, I built a demo and then uh, I I send it to to the guys, and then they, you know, eventually when we get get in a room together, the room section hash it out and turn it into a good groove rather than a dodgy midi drum, you know, horror show. <laughs> and uh, and then definitely grooves. And then, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of hours in practice room, um, just perfecting that groove and making that feel good. You know, it's, that's that's a lot of workshopping. Come back to Ric Flair. Did you realize that was a banger when you and can you um, explain the birth? Yeah, yeah. Of the Ric Flair yeah. song, obviously not of Ric Flair himself. <laughs> well, the year was 1954. That's maybe, oh, that's maybe quite a good guess. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Ric Flair obviously is, is, a, is an absolute banger. Um, yeah, that that came about almost completely spontaneously. Uh, the story behind that is. Um, me and some of the guys who are in the band, we used to host jam sessions in the town, jam sessions in Glasgow. Just you know, if, if right. people aren't aware, it's a, it's like a it's like an open stage, but there's a band set up and uh, musicians can come. And it's a once a week thing they come and they, they they plug in and then everyone gets a chance to you know play with each other and that's that's it's, some really cool stuff can happen and some some good connections get made and people get a chance to just play and grow as musicians so that's that's what a jam session is and we hosted one of these we were hosting one of these in a bar in Circuit Street and uh, um, quite often when there wasn't anybody like we were we were the house band when there wasn't anybody else to play I would just like make up songs just fire out songs make up songs on the spot and sometimes they'd be quite good like maybe 66% of the time they were good and then 33% of the time they were absolutely shocking but uh, nonetheless I would just like pick a subject and say right what, what am I singing about and then 
fucking the wrestling was on the telly. I said, right, Scott, what, what am I singing about? He said, uh, Ric Flair. Like, how about Ric Flair? And I was like, right, cool, here we go. And then we just shattered out the chorus. Like, we just, that was the chorus. Made it up in the spot, you know what I mean? And uh, then when it came to sort of start... And the chorus stayed like that in the finished version? More or less. I was going to say, when those jams, you maybe get bits and then they become nah, something the chorus, else. The, if you nailed the it The chorus was, was more or less that, you know. I mean, maybe we a tiny little bit of tidying up, but that's how it went. It was like, what key is it in? B flat. All right, cool. What's, how does the groove go like this? Right, cool. Here we go. Obviously, this... Obviously, the start of the, the, the chorus, obviously, you go, woo, right? Obviously, that's how it starts. <laughs> so then uh, then you just start to think about words that rhyme with flair. <laughs> so underwear, there. Who's there? Sitting over there. Right, so that's the chorus, and uh, I completely forgot about it. And then it wasn't t- it wasn't until it was like, okay, let's let's start writing some more songs for the record. And uh, one of the boys was like, he said, oh, we should definitely do that Ric Flair song. And I'm like, are you sure? Should we do that song? Should we really do that? Song? I was like, yeah, yeah, we should definitely do that. And I was like, okay, so so that's that's props to that's props to Scott McPherson, uh, who uh, insisted that we actually do that song. So I, I, I went away and I, I wrote the rest of the song. I wrote the rest of the verses. Um, and uh, put put a couple extra bits in, and then and then that was that. Eh? There was definitely a reluctant. What song? Yeah, what song to just come out of nowhere? Uh, and I, I didn't have faith in it originally. I was like, ah, I can't do that. That's a I can't do that. It's just a that's just a song I just sang on the spot one day. Can't do that. But then that's 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 the, the beauty of it. I, I get, that's what you said though about not overthinking. Exactly. Right? Coming back to the main point again, all the best ones, all the best ones end up just uh, just falling out. You know, just falling out of you, and then and then uh, then you go and work them prop, out properly later. You know, that's it. So. Uh, I'd love to ask about the ballad of MC Sick Boy. Yeah. And I'd, I'd seen the video before, right? And I'd heard the song, like, cool song. And I saw the video of this guy, just for our listeners, getting thrown out of a bar in Glasgow in a kind of police car, which he mocked yeah. up. And that was, like, it's funny, it gets my attention. <laughs> and then, researching, apparently that's based on a true story. Absolutely true story, yeah. All of it, all of it. Like, very, it's a, the song and the video is actually very, very authentic and faithful representation of a thing that actually happened right and uh, yeah I, I always like to, to when people ask me about the song because it's, it's good and the, by the way that video was an ab- absolute serious operation right there we put a lot of effort into that video and I, I'm, I'm a fan of that um, uh, once again it's another thing I'm glad I've, I've made and it's there it's it, yeah, I noticed the Ric Flair video as well going around I've never seen Glasgow look like that you know yeah, what I mean yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, so yeah. cool so um, yeah the story of, of of the sick boy thing was again it's 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 based on us being in the jam session uh hosting this jam session and in fact the the bar that you see in the video is the very bar where we uh where where rick flair was written and where this uh, the events of sick boy happened so quite a lot of the stuff ends up coming from you know the jam session scene what's the bar called if any serious fans want to go and it's, check it it's out called, and it's, see how much it's called guys. mango uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's, I mean it's, it's a pretty, pretty sort of dodgy student bar, you know, Brazilian theme. But uh, yeah, we, we used to have a jam session there every Wednesday and we crushed it. And uh, yeah, and I, and I would play in there every Friday or something like that, just as a, a sort of bar gig. But it's, yeah, it's a it's a fun yeah. bar. Yeah, you can go check it out. Um, so yeah, we were the story was we were we we're just setting up, we we're setting up for this uh, for this jam session, like. 
you know, an hour before it's going to start, move 45 minutes before it's going to start, and a guy walks in off the street and he's, uh, he looks a bit rough around the edges, and he just looks, he goes and gets himself a beer and he looks around at us, and he's like, he comes over, he's like, what's, what's this, lads, what's going on here? And I said, uh, yeah, we're just setting up for a jam session, uh, you know, you know, like open stage people can play. And he's like, oh, can I, can I rap, can I rap? I was like, yeah, yeah, you can. Can I rap? Yeah, can I can I do a rap? Can I rap? And I was like, yeah, for sure, for sure. And like before, I was able to say like once we got set up, he grabbed the microphone. It's not even plugged in. He's like, yeah, starts like spitting. I'm like, yo, easy, cool, cool, nice one. Quite, I like this enthusiasm. Uh, but we're not not set up. Just gives a wee bit more time to like set up, and uh, then we'll we'll get you on and we'll do a, do a jam. And he's like, oh, great! I'm just so excited. See, the thing is, and he said he, he told us, I've just I've just now just got out of prison. I've been in Barlini for a. Uh, for three years, and uh, uh, this is me. I'm, I'm I'm out, so I'm totally buzzing, and I, I and I'm going to rap, and it's great. It's super excited. So he sat and got himself a booth, and we finished setting up. And the moment we were ready setting up, uh, and there was nobody in the bar yet. It normally takes like another hour before people actually start filtering in. He's like, right, let's go, and he, he like fair play to him, right. He always said, oh, my, my name's MC Sickboy, which is pivotal, right? My name's MC Sickboy. Ah, just out of jail. Three years. Just out of jail after three years inside. Can't wait to get on the mic. Spat some raps about bitches and cry. And, uh, so he grabs a mic and it... This just sounds like a scene from a movie. Oh, mate, you know? it, was, it was unreal. And fucking, yeah... So the story goes, he, he, he counts off, he said, counts off the bar, right, one, two, he told the drummer, like, do this, he gives the drummer a, a groove to do, and he tells the bass player, like, all right, do this, which is a fucking pretty hip thing to do, right, so that's that's rad, so he, he basically sets the band, counts them off, and then starts rapping, starts spitting some, like, fucking hard bars, and it's, like, good rapping, but the subject matter is, like, fucking vile, right, he's talking about all sorts of horrid stuff, uh, but, it, like, objectively good rapping, right? But basically, well, like, can you say how hard are we talking about jail type stuff? Uh, I'll, I'll say that he was talking about crack, smoking crack, and uh, and and okay, other good. jails type stuff, right? Let's let's leave it at that jail type stuff, okay? Um, yeah. And it was like so it was brutal, but he was just spitting these bars, and it was it was fucking hard. Then like there was nobody there to really watch. He was just like that, and the, the staff were like, "What the fuck is going on here?" So he, he rapped for a bit, and then uh, we we're like, "Cool, thanks, man." Yeah, and some other people started filtering in and started playing. Then. Uh, you know, he came up again a wee bit later on and, and, and did another rap, uh, and it was it was also pretty dope. But then, as as the night went on, you know, got, got a bit busier. Our sort of attentions were on the, the night. Every so often, I'd look look over and I'd see him at different sort, just sort of snapshots throughout the night of him just getting more and more lazy, more and more drunk, and more and more lay, and like like sort of getting an argument with somebody or like swiping somebody's drink. Just that vibe of someone you don't be too near in a pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just like you know. just that. Just overstimulated with being in a, a fucking out in freedom, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, he, he, he was nice, nice enough guy, man. But he was just like obviously one of these guys who was struggling to stay out of trouble. So then we were playing and playing, and eventually uh, we saw the bouncer get take him and huckle him outside. And we thought, ah, well that's a shame. At least that's him. That's 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 him. You you head up the road now. Shotgun, 
finished the night, finished the night, two o'clock in the morning, finished the night, went to the, the bouncer, I said, oh, did you chuck that guy out then? What, what was he up to? Aye, he's been a raj. And, uh, and then when we chucked him out, he said to us, he said, right, you fuckers, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and get a shotgun now and I'm going to come back and shoot you, he said. Right? And that very moment, there was two police officers walking past and they, were, they heard, the, heard this, the bouncer was like, come on here. And then they, they arrested him, put him in a van and took him away. You know what I mean? His one night of freedom. I don't know what the rules are with like oh, parole no. or whatever, but it can't be good if you're free and then then you, you get to jail again. So I can't imagine he didn't not go back to, to jail, you know. And it was just such a tragic, darkly comic, tragic uh, story that I had. I was like, fucking, I've got to make a song out of this. This is a fucking... This, that is so this is a so, This is a story song in the, in the vein of like fucking The Gambler or, or um, you know... Yeah, I hope he's heard it somehow. You know, even if he's in jail, I, and he thinks at least I've I've done something and I've gone I, out. I tried to search around. I tried to see like, if there's any anybody in Facebook or anything that's like like that. And I can't remember. I can't for the life of me remember what it looks like. But um, yeah, so we made a song. I, 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 and, and it's very if, you, if the guy sees the video, it's certain that he'll realise that this is himself, right? So I, 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 I very, in his last four years, this must be a memorable night, right? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I very much welcome if he was to to um, make himself known. Uh, yeah, fucking hell, hell of a story, man. Oh, a good so I made a made a song, made a yeah. made a quite quite intensive narrative based uh, music video, which I uh, definitely encourage uh, your your viewers or listeners to check out because it's a, it's a sterling piece of work, and uh, I. I Proposed to be criminally underviewed. Right? Check it out. It's a, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> I'll put links in the show notes, and you possibly win Song Stories podcast for being the best song story we've had in 25 oh, episodes. Oh, nice. That's amazing. Cool. It certainly is a, a story song for sure. Yeah. Uh, Gonna ask about Get mm-hmm. Out, um, which. I think I, maybe it's a good and bad thing. I try and you know unpick songs what what they're about, and it sounds like a little bit like a fuck you song, but it's very positive and like warming as well. Bizarrely, yeah. Like, uh, I think, like I love that the line "I am the fucking yeah. man." It's sort of like it sounds like someone's trying to make change you, and you've said, "No, nah, I'm not changing. I'm happy who yeah. I am." I hope I've picked that up. Yeah, right, more or less, more than massively bombed. Okay, broadly speaking, it's as as a kind of a fuck you song, but it's more of a like sort of a. Um, taking a leap of faith and getting getting out of a situation where you don't belong or it's not right uh, for whatever reason. I mean, this could be applied to like a, a relationship or whatever. But for me, it, it, it refers to a quite concrete and specific situation, right? Uh, uh, that, that I was escaped from, and I guess this sort of joyous energy is is the sort of feeling of liberation and triumph uh, of. Like getting yourself out of a situation where you're not supposed to be, and you're like ah, like even if you're fucking kind of, you're 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 putting you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit, you're getting yourself in a bit of an uncomfortable situation, but you're getting out of that one, and it's like, fucking thank fuck I'm out of that, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's uh, that that's the, the broad ethic of the song. But what it specifically is about is um well, it's about quitting I was on a, a very secure and reasonable, rational uh career path 
uh, and I hadn't mm-hmm. really at any point properly tried to do music as a real thing yet but I was still crushing it in music uh, in a sense and um, I basically I, I was not really enjoying this career path I was uh, yeah it was, it was making me miserable what was the career path? I was uh, I was going to be I was studying to be a radiotherapist uh, wow. so I was three finished three years of a four-year degree so I had one more year to go <laughs> and then I'll be qualified you weren't really feeling it in terms of this is what I'm going to do every day in my life well I, I, I didn't mind the job man I didn't mind the job I was helping people and that was good but um, uh, existing in the hierarchy uh, of an institution uh, and that kind of that kind of institution uh, was kind of crushing for me because uh, especially if you're like a student you might just get like treated like a, a fucking idiot even though you're not like I, I was and these people just didn't know that I, you know outside of this I was fucking crushing quite good musician and crushing it and I, I was my own boss and I was uh, like you know supporting myself well through music already and yet I was uh-huh. putting myself through this sort of ringer where people were just treating me like a a total fanny when I wasn't being a fanny <laughs> you know it's okay if you're being a fanny but if you're not so uh, there's, there's a sort of hierarchy thing I, I was starting to deal with it was kind of making miserable and and also just the fact of not knowing not knowing if I if, if I, I would have made it if I'd given it a try so I hadn't really given it a try up to that point I'd always been involved in music in some sort of way but always as a bit of a lark I always thought actually trying and trying to make it is like a, a Unrealistic pipe dream and that's gonna shoot the shots of this. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that that that's the sound of me like saying fucking fuck this. I'm out. I'm gonna shoot my shot. And uh, I guess I, I'm still in the process of shooting that shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was there a moment or a thing that made you decide? Can you remember? Um, well, I think. It was between at the end of third year. I was just miserable. I was like, "This is this is not for me." And all the musician mates were like, "You can't! What are you talking about? You're not finishing the X-ray school. You're you're a, you're a musician, you're a singer, you're a killer. You're supposed to be doing this." And I was like, "No, but this, you know, I'm I'm thirty. I'm thirty, and it, that's that's the thing. Like, I'm thirty. I, I you know I don't have a lot of time to pursue this, and you know this is a sensible thing to do. You know, but then at the end of that third year, it was me and my wife were on holiday, and I was just like." Fucking don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. And me and the boys, had, we were we were playing weddings. We were making a, a good living out of doing weddings and pubs and stuff like that. Uh, but we hadn't really spent much time doing our doing our, our own music or at all. And um, but we just over that summer we'd start to write a couple of songs. I was like, this is a fucking perfect storm. All these guys in this band are all absolute killers. We're playing really really well together. I can I've discovered I can write fucking good songs, man. So. What, what, and I, How did you discover that? And I'm going, and I'm, but, and I'm going to go back to university where some arsehole is going to treat me like a fucking stupid idiot when I'm not a stupid idiot. I'm, I'm the fucking man. You know what I mean? So that's it. That's that. You just picked up there a bit, Tom. When did like love the story by the way? And so glad you did it. And fair play to you having the balls to do it as well. I'm sure a lot of people think that and they're you know humming and humming. Oh, terrifying, um, terrifying leap of faith. But that's uh, there's there's a uh, exhilaration in that as well. You know what I mean? You said something around there about you realised you could write songs and they were fucking good. When did that happen? Or what, what, can you remember the first song you wrote? Well, or like the first song you, you wrote that you know had some kind of uh, 
great response. Well, I mean, I mean, it was just like I, I'd never really, uh, I had tried to write songs before, and I have written songs before, but not with a, a view of like being entertaining or, or, or good. Like I was, I was playing mad angular rock, and then like metal. And uh, by the way, I've, I've got some fucking really good metal out there, incidentally. But not never really focusing actually finished product, write some 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 songs for this band. Apart from one a long time ago for the band, and uh, I say from that, I was just like making them up on the spot in bars, and they were all good. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, well maybe if I actually try a little bit, and maybe I could do some more. So, so that was it. I, I, I guess um, there's a song in the record called "What's the Point" that I had written uh, a number of years ago before the band was even together. Um, right. And we recorded that. We did a live session of that, like in, the, in 2015 or something like that, because somebody had offered us. We were we were buskers. We were busting the street, and the, uh, some guys put a card in our, 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 our case and said, "We'd be interested in doing a live session with you." So we we're like, "Has anybody got any songs?" Well, I've got one. I've got one that would fit with this band. Um, all my other songs are like kind of depressive solo songs or metal songs right so we played played that but then we didn't write another song uh, since and all but all I did at these jam sessions was make up songs on the spot every night and uh, like like I say 66% of them were good <laughs> uh, that's cool so yeah so that was it so then, then we was like okay well we've got we've got, we've got a gig where the gig's like okay they want you to do original songs so I was like okay cool well I'll write four songs then so I wrote four songs and Try to remember what they are. So yeah, we got some gig. We normally be in cover gigs and function gigs, but then somebody said, "Yeah, yeah, play your own music." And I was like, "Okay." So we played the song uh, "Beyond Skunks," the ballad of MC Sick Boy, and uh, what's the point? And uh, I think another one that didn't maybe make it. But yeah, I just like, I had we had a gig, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll write some songs for that." So I just like made them up and. That was good. So, yeah, the, the original music started coming out of us, and I said, "Okay, what if I just quit this other line of of of, of path, and uh, I just focus on that? Maybe we can actually do something, and maybe I'll be I'll be able to make music that people will care about and, and get something from, and maybe I can be of benefit to the world that way." You certainly are. And do you think doing those kind of jamming live ones, you're almost testing material as you go as well? Hmm. You know what I mean? So you probably gauge audience reaction and see what works. And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't taking the risks uh, when there was like actually an audience to make up a song that much, but like uh, a few times. But certainly, I, I would hear and like, like, like I was saying before, just the ones that just like fall out, the ones that just you make up on the spot, or the wee musical ideas like that. They're the ones that become songs, you know. Um, so yeah, and you can tell, you can feel it. You're like, yeah, that's that's dope. That's nice. I'll, cool. I'll, I'll work so, on that later, um, you know. Yeah, you've toured a lot, you play a lot of gigs. Do you have like a best gig, worst gig you can you can recall? Or best gig, most interesting gig, maybe if that's... Um, uh, best gig with the... Not the sick boy wasn't interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, in, in various different outfits or I, I by myself, I've played a variety of terrible, terrible gigs. <laughs> Absolutely terrible gigs. But... Um, uh, Let's 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 talk about it. the most interesting ones. Like the most interesting ones, I suppose, are the ones where the, it all just falls apart and just all semblance of you know your set just is eliminated. So 
I guess probably last last summer, my, my wife's a primary school teacher, and uh, she they, they were having like an end of year fet in the in, in their their play playground, and they asked if we could come and play, and I was like, okay, cool, let's, let's play. So we thought, okay, well, I don't imagine we'll play playing like a full set list or anything like that, but we we played a little bit of of. A couple of songs, and then I realised like nobody cares about this. So we just, I just ended up turning it into like a kids party. So I just got the guys to just vamp and stuff, and then started off dance competitions and stuff like that with the kids. And like, uh, you know, they were all doing the, the, you know, that worm dance. So like, instigated like a, a yeah. worm race. First to the end of the field doing the worm. Yeah, get some free CD. And I'm giving out CDs, and the, the very first tracks fucking says the word fuck in it, and I'm like, oh, forgot. And giving these CDs to these. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, it's yeah that was that was what I like that though is joking aside knowing your audience yeah. you know what I mean it's like you kind of didn't just you play for your yeah, audience yeah yeah well that's it I mean I, I, you know I, you're daft if you think you're going to do a gig like that and you're actually going to do a set you know what I mean <laughs> you're, you're daft so I mean I spent I spent year, years you know being the front man of a wedding band where your job is just to make the party happened so if you're just playing the songs that's no use you've got to read the audience and like make them have a good time and that's that's a big part of the performance you know, you know um, reading every room every sort of scenario like festivals and stuff like that getting mm. in amongst it and a couple of times you know I've, I've been out in the, in the crowd um, and you know it's been muddy pissing with rain and I've just been rolling around in the mud and it's coming out just covered caked in mud and ass <laughs> and then uh, you know, just putting on a show. Not you're not just you're not just showing up and playing the songs, man. You got to put a show on. And actually, it's it's, it's so funny because it's been such a long time. I, I, I kind of f- forget that, but now I'm talking about. It, I'm getting all excited. I'm I'm, I'm keen right. to to get in front of people and, yeah, and make yeah. a right arse of myself. You know what I mean? Uh, for for their benefit. I can see. You know I mean? Can see when you're speaking that it's it's cool because you're obviously remembering hmm. the. What what about like? Do you have a standout gig or when, or like Tom? Enjoy it the most or the, the biggest buzz right uh, I mean probably there's a there's a few really good ones man a few really good ones but probably our first gig our first seller gig uh, in the art school um, which is right after Rick Flair Rick Flair was released basically we we went on tour and midway through the tour we, we had like Nice and Sleazy's book which is uh, maybe 150 cap venues maybe 200 cap 150 right uh, we had Nice and Sleazy's book for like the end of the tour homecoming show and like it wasn't sold out and then we uh, we released Ric Flair and everyone was like fucking just goes bonkers for it sells out uh, Nice and Sleazy's in, in minutes and then we're like okay we're upgrade upgrade and then, this is all happening while we were on, on tour playing absolute fucking toilets to no one uh, and uh, we, we we get back up the road and uh, They've, they've organised in such a way that they've upgraded to the art school, which is like a 500 cap capacity venue. So this is going from me making that sort of. Um, I guess it's important and powerful because this this is this is this the, it working out. This is it coming to fruition, uh, and the sort of risk paying off a little bit, you know. So there's a there's a real way sure. of relief, like fuck, this is happening and people are caring and this is great. So that 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 was a homecoming uh, gig. Uh, to a silent crowd of like 500 people which to that up, up to that point was like fucking unimaginable unimaginable to me you know that we, we, we'd be able to pull a crowd like that just the, the, this this stage and so that that was like just unreal unreal and, and beautiful positive memorable experience for me um, 
I mean, we, we went on to, to sell out the, the QMU, which is yeah, about a thousand people as well. But um, but yeah, that which was that was also fucking rad, and that was yeah, that was that was a hell of an operation, and uh, you know I was crowd surfing uh, over the over everybody on a fucking inflatable pizza, and uh, just put, basically putting on that sort of rad show, but for for a thousand people, uh, that was unreal too. I guess the first taste of that first taste of people like actually giving a fuck and then actually singing the words back and stuff like that, I, I was just couldn't believe it. You know, it was, it was unreal. Um, so yeah for the magic of that moment of like fucking this is happening man yes it's got it's probably going to be that one for, I mean obviously I've just met you but from what I've seen and I think I saw you guys once like back in the day I'm sure it was you guys I, I'm sure that'll definitely be the case like, yeah yeah I, I, I don't have a very particular doubts but um, certainly it's it's, uh, it's a mad thing for somebody who's primed and sort of uh, uh used to that and is, is a sort of part of their regular uh, experience for that just to be like removed uh, there is, when you remove something so pivotal and so uh, fundamental from a, a person's life then definitely there's some weird effects going down so, so I, I, I guess yeah I'll, I'll try and link that into your music and hopefully I'm not a too much of a stretch here you're speaking about the two different sides and then uh, the, your song the caveman song and nice. also the videos around it nice segue that, there love it Lovely. I did hear it, but I must admit, it skipped me by a bit until I was looking to you guys like last week. Um, and then reading about it, it was like, I really like what you did there. I it's really, very unusual. I'd love to uh, yeah. hear from your mouth, you know, like, your words, sorry, how uh, how the project came about. Yeah, I really like that project too. Uh, I, it's possibly, uh, with retrospect, possibly a little bit too ambitious. But alas, as an artistic work, I'm uh, I'm happy with it and I'm I'm happy as as part of the history there. Uh, so yeah, the the, ca- the song Caveman is is obviously a very brutally sad song, uh, and it was it was I'll, I'll talk about that in a wee second. But it's it's part of this two part project. So it was Caveman, which is one one long slow burning hard dark soul cut. And then the other side is was, was called the Battle Weapons, which was like twelve or thirteen short snippets, like thirty second, just hard fucking funk, like just immediate. But they're all quite high energy and like super high, high octane, octane right? super bonkers, super rad, right? And uh, that that the idea behind that was it sort of represents this dichotomy that exists in me as an individual. And uh, in the band also, and it's something. But the dark side, the darker element of it was, uh, I guess, traditionally, all the songs in the first record, for example, they're all quite upbeat, quite rad, rad and quite sort of uh, energetic. But a lot of the subject matter is really, uh, really, really quite dark. Uh, talk about uh, struggles with, you know, existential grief and how to survive in a, a world in which infinity is a thing. Basically, quite. Gnarly, uh, you know, metaphysical and existential uh, philosophical quandaries, and uh, yeah, it's really quite a lot of darkness there, but hidden in this, this, these packages of like, Raj funk. Um, and I, I felt like it was important to talk about it. And I was thinking about this dichotomy. I, I thinking about the, how the band was going. We were getting known for for being this, 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 these absolute Raj heads singing about a wrestler. And uh, and performing in a pink suit and just being uh, off our nuts and performing like that, 
and this other side that uh, exists very much in, in me, uh, I wasn't, I feel like it wasn't getting aired out, it wasn't uh, seen. And uh, But I was definitely feeling that way, especially around about the time that was released, which was about a year ago. It's a very dark place indeed. And uh, I felt this is important. I think it's important to 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 first of all show this first first of all show this dichotomy that this can these two sides these two sides of uh, super upbeat animated joyous uh, experience can also exist in this sort of uh, dark uh, hopeless um, worthless kind of yeah. era. Right? These well, yeah, Ian and Yang is the same. Some. I think the phrase "sad clown" was in the lyrics. Yeah, or was, was it? Um, uh, no, no one wants. To, yeah, no one wants to hear about the the tears of a clown. Yeah, that's 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 certainly what I, I felt like. I felt like okay, I'm, I'm an entertainer. I'm, I'm a performer. I'm cutting about, rising about in a pink suit and singing songs about a wrestler. And uh, um, uh, I've got some fucking dark shit to talk about, but nobody wants to hear about that because you know there's this other element. So I decided to say, fuck it, so, you're going to hear about it. Check this out. <laughs> Stick us in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> absolutely, man, absolutely. Tom, you've been a great guest. Is there anything else you want to mention? I've not, I've not managed to ask. No, um, uh, please check out the new single, Super Solid Soul Vehicle. It's out on the um, uh, 12th of March. It should perhaps in the past for listeners just now. But check it out uh, and follow us on all the channels and keep keep up to date on what we're up to. We're going to do a lot of a lot of very cool stuff this year. And uh, when it gets time to play a show, you better come and see us because it'll absolutely just... Blow your face off completely. Nicely done, nicely done. Thanks so much, Tom. You're a gent. Great to speak to you. Thank you, Gavin. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That was the Austin Tom McGuire. I've been your host, Gavin. Please check out the links in the show notes to previous episodes and, of course, Tom's music. In the meantime, I'm off to work on my worm dance. See you next time. I'll be like, fucking God, let's go.